listening to Trent Talk, your Halo by Halo guide to America's greatest treasure. Trent Reznor. Oh, jeez, I almost blew up my voice. <laughs> <coughs> Today we will be discussing Halo 12, which is the DVD slash VHS series that was originally released in 1997. If you're a Nine Inch Nails fanatic, aka Resnerd, then this podcast should be a fun repository of inside jokes and references. But if you're a Nine Inch newbie, then tune in as Shia and I listen to the music of Nine Inch Nails live and maybe learn something about ourselves along the way. So, as you may have heard, today's episode is going to be a little bit different because, for some reason, the, the Halo Chroniclers decided that this DVD VHS thing, which is just a collection of live footage and backstage stuff for the self-destruct tour mm-hmm. that Trent was doing in 90, well, pretty much nonstop from like 94, 94 to 96, 96 yeah, mm-hmm. before he started uh, working on Fragile. Um, and it's it's a wild ride. It's a really fun little rock documentary, and all of it is like... Rockumentary. Rockumentary. It's, it's cobbled together from a bunch of like, you know, clearly, you know, VHS cameras that were just smuggled into the audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of it overall? I liked it a lot. Um, I had originally watched it about a decade ago, so it was really fun to revisit. Oh, wow. And I think that everybody should watch it. Yeah, I had actually never ever seen it, and mm-hmm. as a Nine Inch Nail, as a growing Nine Inch Nail scholar, I, yeah, I loved it. It, uh-huh. it sort of, it, it, uh, pulled back the veil a little bit and we could see how Trent was sort of a you know a, a ringleader and so I mean he's he's a total wild man on stage yeah but then you can see like he's he's really kind of business minded and running the show behind the scenes yeah and he's like all a lot of his, calmer than everyone else oh yeah all of his bandmates are just going ham and then he's just kind of the straight man like all right well our guitarist broke his finger when he was smashing a bottle against a keyboard so <laughs> we're gonna have to cancel the show and we're gonna you know give an, give an apology do a proper press release we we can't go on you know mm-hmm. so he's he's making executive decisions and trying to remain very cool when everyone else is like literally um i mean they really honor the tradition of just trashing backstage rooms yeah there's a lot of trashing there's a lot of trashing there's a whole sequence. It's like three or four minutes of them just like chucking every object in the room at an exit sign. Yeah, and the exit sign is just like hanging by a cord, and they like throw the couch at it. Right. They throw the beer at it. Yeah, like just computers, everything chairs. Everything at it. Yeah, like there's nothing left in that And then room. like Trent finally throws something and it goes down. Everyone like <laughs> cheers and picks him up and like... <laughs> As if they were destroying some drunken pinata. Right. It was, it's it's fun. You get to really go along with the band and sort of see their ups and downs. And mm-hmm. it's mostly ups. Like, d- yeah. It seemed like they were just having so much fun. Like uh-huh. this this is the exact moment that I would like to be in the Nine Inch Nails entourage. I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah, like um, back in '91, they were doing the Lollapalooza tour when they were just like a tiny bud. You know, mm-hmm. like nobody was totally aware of them, and they kind of made a name for themselves with their super intense stage show. Um, here, I've actually got a quick little clip of Trent and, I think, Richard Patrick in 91. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Um, talking backstage about them uh, creating an experience for the fans. And this is a, a very tired Trent Reznor with uh, his 1991 hair, which uh-huh. is kind of Skrillex. Yeah, a little Skrillex, It's like the Skrillex, half buzz yeah. and then like kind of lanky. It must have been side. when um, Jorgensen or whomever shaved his head in his sleep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A situation where I have to get my band together. And rather than just go out the tape deck and the fog machine or something, decided to make it a ridiculous live kind of thing with people sweating and kind of convey the energy that the record tried to convey and the honesty that the record tried to convey in a live setting. And just to make it interesting, try to be as ridiculous as possible. You know, sometimes Rich gets hurt. <laughs> so, so, yeah, like, I, I wholly, wholeheartedly recommend watching this. Yeah, you gotta. Because, we'll I mean... We'll post links. Now, their stage show is bananas. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's the typical stuff of Trent just throwing himself around on stage. He's strangling himself with the mic cord. Mm-hmm. They're like, I mean, and one of his trademarks is just at the end of uh, at the end of the show, well, he'll just destroy his keyboard. Yeah, which they have on like a mounted arm, so he can like, like kick it, jump on it. Well, he'll like throw another keyboard into the keyboard, right. and then he starts like propelling him. Like he'll jump and then propel himself off of the keyboard. And right. It's it's full-scale stage destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, a lot of the footage... I mean, I think the entire self-destruct tour, he was with Robin Fink, who's mm-hmm. um, another madman. 
Yeah, um, he's my favorite. So yeah, tons of crowd surfing. There's there's mosh pits breaking out. Um, one of my favorite sequences is they do a March of the Pigs live, but really it's more like Mosh of the Pigs. Mosh of the Pigs. Chabra. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I have a few notes on things. Cool. Um, how do you want to? How do you want to proceed, my dear? Yeah, do that. Okay. Um, one of my favorite things is the there's an intro card at the very beginning of the closure. So closure was released as the VHS, and then when it was re-released mm-hmm. later, two thousand something. Some, I don't know when. Um, the DVD came out and had this thing called appendage, which was a ton more videos and backstage stuff. Anyway, the original VHS has like this intro card that says, due to the raucous conditions of a rock and roll concert, some of this footage may be a little tough to watch because it's <laughs> you know it's not conducive to proper filming. And it's like, yeah, we get it. Yeah. Um, but I like how it's sort of cute and innocent. They say it's like a rock and roll show. Right. And then also they're, they're apologizing in advance for the, the terrible quality. Um, but that's kind of the essence of its charm is like, yeah, it, it's shot very poorly. As if, you know, you're really in the crowd, mm-hmm. barely able to see anything <laughs> some of the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's fun because you see it, like, crowd's eye view. Yeah, you're really, a lot of the time. you're in the pit for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you get you get uh, treated to a lot of trans self-mutilation. Um, mm-hmm. And they throw cornstarch everywhere. That's one, mm-hmm. of, their, one of their main things. Mm-hmm. How much angst? Oh, shit, you got one? I, I got, it's not a great one. How much angst? This DVD conveys the angst of a front row goth who is allergic to cornstarch. <laughs> Just You're sneezing for the rest of the show. Is somebody allergic to cornstarch? <laughs> if you're allergic to cornstarch, write us. Yeah, if you're in the splash zone. <laughs> oh, and then, yeah, there's, uh, there's a ton of uh, interviews with fans at the top, um, and usually it's all Midwestern people, so they're like, "Yeah, this is obviously the biggest event in their lives. Right. Their tiny, boring Midwestern lives. Right, Claire? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. The boringest place. The worst. It's the worst place. So yeah, there's shows in Cleveland and stuff, and there's fans who are just gushing about how much they love Trent. Like, this one guy, he's like, yeah, it's the greatest thing to ever happen to music, baby! Um... I mean, he's totally just like a typical 90s, like, yeah, bruh, with his, like, long hair, right? Oh, they're, they're, that guy. the fans are, like, they range from, like, charmingly goth to gross. Yeah. <laughs> charmingly gross. Um, so what, I have this note. I, is it Trent that says, oh, you know, these fans, they, they'll say things like, I want to be in his jockstrap, I want to be in his, oh, un- yeah. I want to be in his underwear. <laughs> it's like, what? I don't remember who said that. That I'll, was a good... We'll find the I'll clip. I'll pull the clip. Yeah, it'll be... We'll find the clip. But yeah, that's... It's... The whole thing is sort of watching Trent balance this dichotomy of him being a rock and roll bad boy sex symbol with being pretty much a normal dude. hmm <laughs> I know, like, he's so quiet and sweet backstage, but then he gets on stage with his, like, little... His little short shorts. Mm. His little fishnets. Mm. Whew. Mm. Lot you get a lot of Trent mm. leg. Those thighs, though. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't prepared for the amount of Trent leg I was gonna see. Yeah. Oh, that's good. What's freaky too is if you watch the the clips from uh, on um, appendage, they have clips from all the way from eighty nine to ninety seven. Mm-hmm. So you get to see a full range of Trent musculature. Mm-hmm. So like, in, yeah, he's so skinny in eighty nine. Oh yeah, eighty nine. Well, eighty nine. He's like, yeah, he's like a little bit skinny, and I think he gets skinnier. Like, in, in like, 91, he gets, like, tiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets very gaunt. Uh, but then, yeah, he sort of gets a little more meat on his bones for the uh, self-destruction tour. Mm-hmm. I really admire those gams. Yeah. Oh. What a cutie. And, yeah, it sort of uh, harkened back to, like, a photo I saw of uh, uh, Ziggy Stardust on stage in his little bitty short shorts with his, like, very pale, but... Kind of buff legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looked a lot like Trent. Mm-hmm. Or rather, Trent looked a bit like Ziggy Stardust. Right. Ugh. And then they had... Of course, they brought Bowie onto the tour. Oh, my. That was probably the most affecting part of this. If you watch this for no other reason, um, there is a time when Bowie shows up. Yeah. And they, he shows up... Backstage and they're chilling and it's it's just, really yeah just fun. Bowie on the couch. It's just fun seeing Bowie and Trent interact and then, I mean like the the performance of Hurt happens and I think a lot of people have seen that by now. 
I know after Bowie died, a lot of people shared it to my Facebook wall, and I couldn't watch it. That was the first time I've watched it since he died. That was probably like the apex of the entire tour, is he got mm-hmm. Bowie to do to not just do Hurt with him, but they did like a very special version of it. Mm-hmm. Like the guitar sounds a little bit more processed and like, I don't know, it's just, it's better produced. There's a yeah. lot, there's a lot more going on. So yeah, Bowie just shows up backstage and he's just chilling on the couch with Trent, just spouting, you know, he's just so casual, just giving little Bowie-isms. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. one point he says like, mm, God thinks he's all that in a bag of chips. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what it's is that, Bowie? I don't know what that means, but please never stop saying right. things like that. Should we pull up the clip? Yeah, I've got the clip right here. This is going to be the whole sequence of them chilling with Bowie, talking about how they're going to do Hurt together. They think, come on, go to the camera, man. Is this catering as Brad Pitt? (laughs) They're commenting on Danny Lohner's rugged good looks. Mm -hmm. He hates that, by the way. If he could read well enough to read a script. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Danny, get back in here! Bowie loves it. Defend yourself. Make it, make it a bit more interesting too. Yeah. We're seeing that inside. And then there's something that we can't foresee now. There's these two shows. We do have four of them to put in reserve just in case. Yeah? Yeah. Well, what I was going to do, I was going to cover most of your songs before Morrison Hamilton. I was going to, I was coming out doing like an acoustic thing. A middle aged, more gentle approach to the industrial cones. <laughs> <laughs> Reznor is so starstruck. Yeah. Because Bowie is obviously ribbing him, and he, he like, can't come back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bowie's just got, he's got the jokes, man. Is that what you that was written? Yeah. I was one. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's showing off in front of me. <laughs> just trying to put that in perspective. Too much fucking perspective. <laughs> it's just such a just... <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. I think, I think it'd be alright. Alright, see you later. Yeah. Also, I love how David Bowie can pretty much just come and go as he pleases. Yeah. He's like, alright, this conversation's run its course. I'm like, <laughs> Alright. Oh, and this is actually them doing Hurt in like the last two shows of the Self Destruct Tour. Yeah. Something like that. Right? Doesn't sound like Hurt. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat. Sounds very Bowie. This is required listening. <laughs>
mean, this is some powerful, yeah. powerful stuff. Like, when they hit those notes together. Yeah. And, like, Bowie finds a way to just fill whatever Trent is not. Like, uh-huh. it's, it's amazing. They, like, they complement each other in such a, such a cool way. Yeah. And he does it with such, like, Bowie has such an emotional voice. that's the most beautiful moment in not only this video but yeah maybe all the works of nine inch nails period yeah because i know you're not the biggest fan of the song <laughs> but that was really something it was really something like people say the definitive version is is when you know johnny cash in his later years his sunset years yeah. singing about <laughs> But, I mean, just the, the dynamic between Bowie and Trent. And, like, Bowie looked... I mean, Bowie had seen better days, too. Right. Like, he, you, in the video, you can see his cheeks are a little bit sunken. Mm-hmm. And, like, he, he gets into it. Yeah. Like, he gets very, very into it. I like when, during the second chorus, Trent sort of loses the Bowie essence and just starts yelling the chorus the way he normally does. And Bowie just, like, continues to harmonize and like work with it yeah he does in a very, way very that low really i don't want to say warble because that makes yeah. it sound like he has a terrible voice which he does not no, no, no. but he sounds terrific what have i become and then trend <laughs> it just it is so good mm-hmm. um but then this documentary immediately cuts to um what danny loner like flipping a match, a lit match. In I don't the know air. if that's Danny Loner. I think that might be that might be James Woolley. Okay. Um, we don't see him a lot. He was only with the tour for nine months. He played the drums. No keyboards. He played the keyboards. And you don't see him much, but I'm pretty sure that's James Woolley. But basically, it cuts to just more backstage antics. Yeah. Like after the most affecting moment in the entire documentary. It cuts to just stupid shenanigans. Yeah. Dude, like... Lights a, lights a match. Flips it, like, under his leg, like, behind his back, catches it in, in his, his mouth. mouth, and then lights the cigarette that's in his mouth with it. Yeah. It's impressive, but it's just, like... The dumbest thing. The dumbest thing. Like, that's what that's what the boys were doing when they weren't allowed to hacky sack inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of just, um... Yeah, just screwing around, um, having a blast, yeah. pretty much. Um, but what I really admired is um, Robin Fink is a soldier because like he gets his finger smashed in, in like <laughs> a bu- in like a bus accident, and and then he, he even sh- he shaves mm-hmm. his head, and then like and everyone in in the 
in the main stage crew got, gets hurt at some point oh, in yeah, the performance. Oh, yeah, like, Trent they, pretty like, much annihilates everybody. Yeah, they're just ba- battered and bruised, and yet still just giving it their all. Like, they laid down everything for these, these yeah. performances. That... I like in the, um, in the appendage you see, I want to say it's Chris Renna who drums, and Trent, like hurls a microphone into the drum stand and then you just like see Chris like put a towel on his head and he continues to drum because <laughs> like obviously he got slammed in the head by a mic stand it's a lot of fun though and yeah there's that radically changing hairstyles like mm-hmm. at different points in the tour because Trent goes from long to short um then to like sort of a high and tight thing almost like a, a with teeth kind of like military cut I don't remember that and then he has, like, earlier on, he has, like, kind of, like, little white dude dreads kind of going on, which may have just been the accumulated mud and filth from Lollapalooza. I think, well, I think the little white dude dreads was, um, was back in the 89 to 91 right. stuff. Yeah, you see a lot of Trent, like, Trent has a magnificent head of hair. Mm-hmm. We have not talked about this before, no, I don't but think we have. it seems to be able to regenerate itself infinitely. I like, too, that, like, I mean, Rob and Fink started out with a head of dreads, and then they... Like, shaved it down and stuff, and then ended up shaving it. I want to say, like, that's the first time I remember seeing him have the the shaved head with the sideburns look, and he's still rocking that shit to this day. Mm. I mean, he has, like, the little dreads on top, but it's always, like, shaved in weird ways. He's so cute. I love Robin Fink. He's my fave. Yeah, they all have, like, little signature stage moves, too. Like, Robin mm-hmm. Fink will get right there in the crowd and, like, whip them with his dreads and stuff. Yeah, he That's... always plays, like, down low. Right, he gets real low. Trent does this thing where he jerks off the mic stand. I like, love like, Trent's... Like, yeah. like, like, full-length strokes. Like, bends with his back and right. just, like, strokes it with both of his hands. So good. So good. Um, and... Oh, Jesus. Like, on a couple of their shows, they had, like, circus sideshow acts that were yeah. following them, and it's... It's like the Jim Crow sideshow type thing. Yeah, like there's, you know, there's the traditional human blockhead stuff. Mm-hmm. There's guys hammering nails into his nose. There's a dude swallowing swords, fire, whatever. But yeah. then, of, co- of course, they have to take it too far. And there's a dude who will, like, lift bricks with his dick. Yeah. Like, he'll, like, put a collar on and then, like, chain it around, like, some uh. cinder blocks. And then fully, fully, like... I think you full on see yeah, that you scene. See it. Yeah, you see. Yeah, it. I don't know if I blocked it out or what, but no, the, I... the dude had like legitimately a two foot long spaghetti noodle of dick holding on to this fifty pound weight. Yeah, and like, then the weight whoa. like broke off, and his dick just like oh, flung God. back. And, oh, oh, ah. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Like at that point, I don't know if you can even feel anything anymore. <laughs> Wow. You also get glimpses of Marilyn Manson trying to be cool backstage. Oh, yeah. Marilyn's on a lot of the tour. I'm really hungover. I did too many drugs and alcohol. Like, oh, you did too many alcohol? Tell me more about that. You did too many alcohol. Yeah, I think that's before... I don't know. I think Marilyn Manson took a while to get his head on straight. Because, like, later on you see him um, representing himself a lot better. And, like, there's a landmark interview with him and Bill O'Reilly where he defends sort of the whole shock rock subculture uh-huh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but he is not that person yet he's not that he's person. he's a young punk who's just like yeah boozing snorting a ton of blow um getting covered in blood every night yeah um and yeah but these guys like i don't know how like they must have been just taking ginseng every morning like how did they not just get terribly sick because they're like bathed in mud and just sweat like, There's just no time for it. Right. <laughs> also, you never see them eat anything in this, in this no. entire documentary. You see them hold beer, but they never eat. <laughs> yeah, they're always chugging, like, you know, PBR, PBR or what have you. But yeah, you never see them actually eat food. Uh, makes you wonder oh. if and when that happened. Mm-hmm. And Bowie was in his thin white Duke phase, so he may have actually just been living off of red peppers, milk, and cocaine. <laughs> um... What was I going to say? Oh, in the beginning, when we first started watching it, we were commenting on Trent's hot pants. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just realized that I wrote caliente pants. Caliente pants. Caliente pants. What would be pantalones? I know what it would be. I'm just saying. Cortados caliente. I like caliente pants. All right. Yeah, let's get a little little assonance to it. So I guess since we're talking about the DVD, Mm -hmm. um... I'll talk a little bit. We already mentioned some names, but we had Robin Fink on guitar, Danny Loner on guitar, 
Um, I don't know if either of them played bass at any point. Chris Renna on drums, and then for the first nine months, it was James Woolley on keys and, like, synths and stuff, and then for the rest of the tour, it was Charlie Clauser. Cool. Yeah, we're doing some housekeeping here. And Robin Fink, Danny Lohner, Chris Renna, and Charlie Clauser is, like, a dream ensemble, what I would give to see them all together. Mm. Mm. I would give... All at once? I would give it all. My Empire of Dirt. <laughs> Yeah, they they really bring it. Yeah, they're so good. I I think I mentioned in another episode that I, I went to see a horrible, really bad Marilyn Manson show in 2009 just so I could see Chris Brenna play. I saw Marilyn Manson, yeah, probably around that time, yeah. too. And, like, it had Jordy White, a.k.a. Twiggy Ramirez. Right. It was cool seeing those dudes. Um, what's really funny about this, I didn't realize that Marilyn Manson opened... During this tour, or maybe I just had forgotten, but when I was a child of seven, my mother had to take me to this show, because she couldn't find a sitter. So my mother, I thought it was all like, oh, my mom's so cool, she took me to a Nine Inch Nail show, but then I realized that she took me to a Nine Inch Nail show, where like Marilyn Manson and that like icky sideshow group opened. It's because just so she funny. Couldn't, you sure it was because she couldn't find a sitter? I assume so. I mean, would... how, how old were you? Seven. Seven? My dad wouldn't have allowed that. Yeah, Jesus. I don't know if that... I don't think my he was really much in the picture at that point. But yeah. But then, like, how beautiful is it that your mom was, like, the woman with a babe in arms at a Nine Inch Nails concert? I was seven. Oh, well, I wasn't yeah. a babe. But, like, it's not like my mom was moshing. She was definitely, like, up in the bleachers. So shout out to the Madison, Wisconsin Coliseum. Now called the Alliant Energy Center. Badass moms. November 8th, 1994. I looked it up so I could see the exact date and, like, the exact openers. And, like, the only memory I have of the entire show is just, like, bright flashing lights and, like, a silhouette of a man. Hmm. Which is what you see a lot of in this video. So I'm glad that the, my, my memory is accurate. It would be so cool to remember. Ugh. I just wish so hard that I could have been old enough to be at that show to like appreciate it and you know well i'm sure you've got like some very deep buried memories that are like <laughs> continuing to inform you and your subconscious as you go through life definitely so about those caliente pants mm. nine inch nails more like nine inch inseam no. or, i don't know what an inseam is but it's what? a seam yep. that starts at like your waist and then goes down around your crotch oh so, like, the smaller the inseam... Isn't it? I think that's correct. So, like, the smaller the inseam... The, the higher tight, the, the pants. The higher the pants, okay. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think a 32 inch is normal. Okay. But, no, that's cute. That's fun. Yep, that works. Mm-hmm. Nailed it! Nailed it. What else? What do you got? Um, well, during all the cuts of... Um, they have... They have one of those things that appears in every rockumentary is, like, the band just fucking traveling place to place. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, the most boring part. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you see them... I mean, running around backstage is fun, but then, like, they're, you know, getting on a plane, they're jumping on a bus, and it's like, okay, we get it, there was a lot of this. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, you know, you can see moments where they're entertaining each other and sort of working through the doldrums of, like, a very, very long and very, very demanding tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but during all those sequences, uh, they play our least favorite remixes. Like, yeah. like every one of them. Every, every that one we of hate. them. They did Eraser Polite, which is fuck you, squeeze you, find you, taste you. Do, 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 do. I mean, it's your least. Favorite. I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Um, then they also do the uh, Time Space Continuum uh, uh, Perfect Drug remix, which is that just totally tasteless nonsense. Um, is that yeah. the one where they're like, Annihilate! Annihilate! No, that's a different one, but they do have that in there, too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a, a rogues gallery of all of my uh, <laughs> most painful Nine Inch Nails moments. Wow. Uh, but also, like, there's a ton of scenes with fans who, a lot of times, are, are very hip and cool, but other times it's like, who are you where did you come from because there's like a couple of like really clean cut guys that had a photo of trent reznor that they wanted to get signed Mm -hmm. and they said yeah we're gonna put this up next to gallagher 
who oh yeah who in the 90s that was the watermelon smashing well, guy it was, right yeah 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 there, it was um kids from cracker barrel who wanted to put the picture of the band up next to gallagher why because it's it's a celebrity that came to their shitty little midwestern town do you know what a cracker barrel is <laughs> is it a restaurant it's a restaurant that's kind of it's i don't know if they do this outside of the midwest but there are restaurants where when you first go in, it's like a gift shop of, like, old-timey candy and stuff. And then you go in. A lot of old people like to go in, but it's kind of like diner style. It's it's a place to go to get, like, generic, like, biscuits and gravy and chicken fried steak. Cracker and food. Cracker food, yeah. It's just a barrel full of white people. Mm-hmm. Does and Cracker Jack work there? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So they decided to put Trent Reznor's photo up next to Gallagher. Like an was... Applebee's. It's like a... Yeah, okay. But like an Applebee's... Like a family, more family... If it was owned. made for cute old people okay. with a candy gift shop in the front of it. Right. Yeah, I like how Applebee's exist just because, like, no matter what big city you live in, your grandparents will someday come out to visit you and you will need to figure out where to take them. And, <laughs> and then they won't eat Thai food, they won't eat <laughs> Indian food, they won't eat anything you like. So, uh, Applebee's. Applebee's will I do it. I just got a shittily cooked steak and call it a day. Shittily. Yeah, and we can all get food poisoning. And... But you could get, do, does Applebee's do those great um, blooming onions? Why must you say those things to me? Oh, aren't they so I'm going to take you to Chili's tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to go. We're going to get like, we're going to get like three apps. I just want the we blooming gotta get, onion. We got to get south, Southwest <laughs> egg rolls. Oh my God. Mm. Then we got to do blooming onion. And then the broccoli cheese dip is pretty, or no, artichoke cheese dip is oh my God. stupid good. Yeah, let's just go to Chili's and get apps. Yeah, we'll eat only apps. Trent Talk, let's all go. Wherever you are, stop what you're doing, go to Chili's and get the apps. This could be our thing, is like, after we record Trent Talk, we celebrate and go to Chili's. And get the, just the apps. J- only apps. Just the apps. Oh, I hope you're not like. I hope it's not a bait and switch because I really need to eat that. No, I, yeah. I mean, you know, we we got time. We got to go to Target anyway. Yeah. Is this is this is a rare glimpse into the, dom- <laughs> the domestic lives of Team Trent Talk. <laughs> I need. I know you socks. think we're. I know you think we're just rocking and a rolling day in and day out, but we're actually human beings. We we put on our pants one leg at a time. Mm-hmm. But after one we get our pants on, um, one butt at a time. Yeah. Um. I also like the uh, the effects they had. Like, um, they had some pretty killer light shows. Yeah. Um, and especially Lots for weirdly down in it had like maybe the best light show, which is like because down in it oh, is yeah. like the worst and least entertaining song they do live, pro- mm-hmm. probably, um, depending on the show. Um, but yeah, they had a really killer light show. Like, I almost didn't begrudge them playing. I that liked down that in because it. it clip it it gives clips from different shows throughout the tour and my favorite is that the first clip they show of the whole rain rain go away thing um he's not saying it he's just like on stage not acknowledging the whole thing but then in the second rain rain go away clip he's kind of like singing in the microphone but you can tell like you can hear in his voice he's just like rain rain go away like he's just just like fuck this well, I mean, yeah, a lot of times he, uh, I think he sells his weirdest lyrics by um, doing them in like a, like a very over-the-top yeah, voice. Meh. Yeah. And then like Robin Fink just like shoves him while he's doing <laughs> yeah. it. Oh yeah, he like full, he does full on like sprinting tackles into yeah. a lot of, I think yeah, every member of the band each other gets a lot. Just... Um, there's, there are glimpses of him just like shoving like Danny and Robin off stage and like vice versa. He gets, like, shoved or pushed off stage, and then he's just kind of, like, laying in the people trying to sing his song. And quick note on Trent's voice. Um, he's still figuring it out. Yeah. Because, I mean, it seems like his default mode, if he's trying to sing, like, a, a tough part of the song, is to just do a growl. Yeah. But when he, whenever he hits a clean note, it's like, oh, oh. Yeah. He can sing a During, little. During, like, Piggy. Yeah. He hasn't hey, figured it out. Because when he does... Nothing can stop me now. But it's like when he actually tries to sing it clean, it sounds way better. Uh, once I can't wait to get to end all that could have been. I think Fragile yeah, is going to be tremendous because that's, I mean, he really explored his vocal range in mm-hmm. Fragile. He really did. But even 
Um, I don't remember off the top of my head. Maybe it was 2000, 2001. He did the end all that could have been tour. Um, or it was the Fragility Tour, and then the album and all that could have been came out, and he sings Piggy so well. I mean, that's for, that's for you, your favorite live performance, it's, right? It's my favorite li- like recorded live performance by anybody so of it's all the, time. So it's the end all that could have been, be all that could have been. <laughs> and all, but yeah, and all that could have been, be all that could have been. <laughs> I hate you so much. Yep. Um, <laughs> a couple other fun things that happen backstage, like they have a they have like a full on like uh, a bunch of S and M gimp people, and they're mm. like um, oiling themselves up, getting into their latex gear. Um, I think Robin Fink comes out on stage on, in a G string. Does he? No, I think no. He, he, well, he, he just shows like, everybody his ass. When well, he there's a point where he's putting the stuff on his butt. He's still wearing his short shorts. Right. But he's, like, rubbing he's it. He's, like, grinding a handful of uh, cornstarch into his butt, And was just like, whoa. <laughs> but he does wear a thing that I like. And you don't see it very often, but at some points he's wearing these, like, really tight black shorts. But then over it, he has this, like, chain mail thong. I have a legitimate question. Okay. How do you do laundry on tour? Yeah. I mean, it's it's not it's not like an incredibly illuminating fun fact, but it's like, do they have to have an outfit, a clean outfit for every night? I feel like no. I feel. I mean, they're covering themselves in cornstarch anyway. Well, I mean, there's there's like tens of thousands of dollars going into these. There has to be a roadie who, like, every once in a while, takes their clothes. To yeah, the they probably just run over to a dry cleaner and just say, "We need these right now. Here's yeah. two thousand dollars." <laughs> um. <laughs> or like, because uh, yeah, there's a few moments that it it really looks like. I mean, they played I don't know like a hundred shows on this tour, maybe more. Three hundred tours, shows on this tour. Three hundred tours. Three hundred tours on this show. Um, and a few of the clips, it looks like Trent Reznor is wearing cargo pants. Yeah, he has little cargo shorts on. I mean, that was a thing in the '90s. Though. And cargo shorts are like the opposite of fashion. Yeah, they're just just regular. I'm not trying kind of clothes. My favorite is when he's wearing, he has these shorts that have little like garter straps that go down to, I guess, like more of the pants. So I guess it's pants. Oh, he's so adorable. Oh, Trent Reznor. And that's the thing. We see all this, like, he is a total wild man on stage, but you, there's a few scenes where he's like getting off the tour bus and he has his little golden retriever with yeah, him. Yeah. He's just like, oh, I wasn't, wasn't going to leave Rover at home. Oh, you got to get the puppy on door. Yeah. And your puppy. Um, and what was I going to say? Um, yeah, he, he says that, uh, so, I mean, everyone looks at Woodstock as sort of a watershed moment for uh-huh. Nine Inch Nails. Oh, yeah. But Trent doesn't like it. Um, he said that Woodstock, there was a lot of pressure on them to do great, and while they were doing it, it felt great, but then when he listened back to the tape, it was like, this is garbage. Yeah, I think they were just, like, having too much fun, and then they're just like, oh, this isn't good at all. But it's pretty incredible that, like, I mean, I would have loved so much to and have I'm been sure part of no, circle. I'm sure there's nobody in the audience who thought, this sounds like shit. Like, when you're there, right. in the thick of it. It probably sounded amazing. Yeah, I've tried to listen back to the the live at Woodstock. It's out there. There are, there are at least clips out there, but I don't love it. Yeah, um, but, like, can you picture, like, being in that band, and it's like they did Lollapalooza, mm-hmm. huge, and then huge. they did Woodstock, huger, mm-hmm. you know, and then you perform with David Bowie. Ugh. Like, these are the golden years. Yeah. It's so amazing. Right. <sighs> I love this band. I love it so much. And like watching this just Even though they're a bunch of gross douchebags. Just a bunch of gross jerks. But they're so (laughs) they're fun and I wouldn't want them destroying any part of my house, but yeah. But yeah, I admire their dedication because yeah, they they put gave this show everything they could, everything they had. Mm -hmm. Like they weren't the same people after this was all done. No. Like they went they straight up went to war for for their art and it shows. Like it's this is the moment where Nine Inch Nails was probably as big as they ever got. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're still you know, big-ish in later years. Yeah, but 
This was like one of the. But yeah, downward spiral, things. going like triple platinum, selling all over the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like, this is like their Led Zeppelin three moment. Yeah. Yeah. Donald Trump would say that it's huge. Huge. Wait, why? Why do we have to invoke him? Because <laughs> he's such a. Because he's a pig full of lies. <laughs> Even his hair is a lie. Every yeah. single belief he's ever had is a lie. His orange skin. Oh, God, he's just like a carrot. I hate him. Full of hate. I hate him so much. I don't even like to hate people, but I just, like, need oh, to Oh, but hate you know them. what I realized the other day is, like, if in the impossible scenario, Trent... Trent? <laughs> if the in the impossible scenario that Donald Trump becomes president and he wants to build the wall, like, seriously, an apartheid wall to stop them immigrants from crossing the border, mm-hmm. we'll just stop them. Like, we, we, live, on yeah. the, we live on the border... We'll just show up and shut it down. Like we'll just form, sit on the yeah, border. Yeah, we'll just form a human chain across the border. We'll throw fucking firebombs at the fucking that the construction equipment they have, the cement mixers. We can just fill it with water. You know, I mean, all first of all, that wall's not ever getting built because no. how the fuck? Like, we, you don't even know where the border is. You're just in the middle of the desert. Like, except for the except for the border crossing checkpoints that we already have, right. the border is like this nebulous thing that nobody knows exists. Like, um, the people that support building that wall don't live anywhere near the fucking border. The people who support building that wall would never put in the manual labor. Right. They would rather probably hire some Mexicans to do it. Right. And hey, guess what? Not gonna happen. Why would some Mexicans build that fucking wall? Right. Ugh, it's so gross. White people are gross. If you're a white person, you're gross. I'm gross. <laughs> We're all gross. I have white guilt all the time, but I don't want to talk about it on this podcast. <laughs> just don't be gross just do your part and don't be gross and like if you're gonna vote just don't vote for donald trump or ted cruz that's all i ask ted cruz is a lot scarier than donald trump and not just his face not just he's terrifying but don't want to talk about it on this pocket how much angst i can't wait for this whole election cycle to be over so then we can say like doesn't it make you feel better maybe and you know even if hillary gets elected the pigs have won and we can all sleep soundly yeah. You know? I know. <sighs> oh. God. Um, anyway. How much angst? This video has the angst of a um, venue promoter who just finished, who just put the finishing touches on his backstage remodel. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, there we go. Uh. This will be nice for when Talking Heads comes here next week. Mm-hmm. And then Trent shows up. <laughs> <laughs> um, or uh, how much angst? Wait. Because talking heads are going to walk into the to the back room and say, Kes kesse. Kes kesse. Anyway, how much angst? The angst of Trent Reznor's keyboard, who thinks that he did a really good job tonight and wants to celebrate with the band. No! What are you doing? No! I love the shots of him throwing keys into the office. Yeah, like, like the best there are hundreds like... of people in the United States of America and probably Europe who have a broken key. Right. From uh, one uh, of I his would... keyboards. Shit, we gotta I get would on. Frame that yeah, we thing. gotta get on eBay. We yeah. gotta find a broken. If you key. have a key from one of his keyboards, Trent, if you're listening, Trent, if you're listening, break a key. Can we please just have a key? Can we have two keys? Because a black and a white would be cute, especially. If it's, like, a white one with a little notch that the black one fits into really nicely. And could you send us some fucking t-shirts? Just give us some fucking Fucking t-shirts. Well, you talk me too to me. Uh, But what we realized the other day is that we live in Los Angeles area. Yeah. I'm sure someone affiliated with Nine Inch Nails is around. And we might be able to reach out and talk to someone who was, you know, even just a road tech on tour Someone with some oh, fun stories. Yeah. So I think we might. How do we make that happen? Well, we're going to. Take to Reddit? We're going to. Maybe. Maybe we got to go there. Um, maybe. I have a friend who. I was about to say a thing. Um, we're going to. After the fragile, and I don't know, there's going to be a little dry spell for a while. Like, after. So, how, like, it goes fragile with teeth. Year zero. Well, yeah, but, but between, it's gonna go between all those. We're gonna have a lot of really slow episodes. No, because it's gonna go the fragile, mm. and then it's gonna go. I want to say it's either gonna be still things falling apart, or and all that could have been. 
we're gonna have and like those are three I mean like Things Falling Apart isn't full of amazing songs but it's in my opinion the best remix album that he made Mm. and then still which is part of like they came out together um is a bunch of like really slowed down instrumental tracks okay so that might be slower but and all that could have been is gonna be huge what i'm saying is we can put on our investigative reporter hats as team trent and just uh yeah look people up you know send it out there shoot some emails see if we can yeah, book, some, we book can someone for just like a 20 minute phone conversation you know roadie, ask some questions if you know a roadie or right. if you know um danny loner or if you know yeah or someone we could just ask you know what does trent smell like uh, yeah is he is he nice in person he's nice in person i, I bet he's nice in person. i want to know if his wife is taller than he is oh my gosh i bet she is scandalous you can Google it. I just don't want to Google it because I think it would be a fun conversation. I think we got to end heightism, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, fat shaming has got to stop. Slut shaming has got to stop. Fat slut shaming really has to stop. Yeah. But height shaming? Like, come on. I know. Whenever... Like, that's, the, that's You have even less control over that. I don't want to put anybody on blast, so I'm not going to say any names, but one of my... One of our... I don't know if you're Facebook friends with them. One of my Facebook friends, who is a up-and-coming L.A. comedian, mm-hmm. posted a status either yesterday or today that was like in hollywood if you see a really tall woman with a really short man then you know for a fact that that guy makes lots of money it's just like you're stop height shaming stop height shaming also where's your fucking girlfriend also shut up oh oh sick burn that was like a hat trick you had like three comebacks yeah triple barrel He's on my last nerve. He's been posting some shit lately that's been pissing me off. Do you think he's listening? No, God, no, I don't think he's listening. Well, if he is, fuck you! If you're listening, I hate that status that you wrote and a couple others, but please put my name out there for booked shows. I'm really funny. Let's just work together. (laughs) All right, I got got a couple more notes to get through. We're we're pushing 50 minutes, which is is cool. Um, So I, I like all the real like acrobatics that trent does like he he climbs on the scaffolding like yes. he's, he's swinging from the rafters yeah. um and in one of their shows i think earlier on they had like full-on rope swing uh-huh. on this like at, at first i thought are they are they swinging from like a light fixture like they could die mm-hmm. and then i realized like no that's actually a rope that somebody tied to the superstructure on top uh-huh. so we're like it's just wild like the crowd is just eating it up mm-hmm. like all the energy they give out the crowd gives back because it's just crowd surf after crowd surf yeah. after backflip just it's constant security is constantly pushing oh, man. people they're off having a hard time yeah <laughs> i'm sure every person who works security at those shows fucking hated their life that night right and they always try to figure out who is the person in the crowd who's taking it too far mm-hmm. um and because yeah there's one scene where um like someone there's two guys on stage and then one guy like throws the other guy off the stage and he's not ready for it mm-hmm. and then security mobs that dude and they're like too much too much you're the one yeah. that's gotta go yeah. so, and then they hustle him off the stage and all this is happening while Nine Inch Nails is still performing their song yeah. Trent to, to the best of all. their abilities yeah so. there's only one point where Trent during one of the songs is just like yo whoever threw that fuck you okay and I love that you can see the, like you can hear the Midwestern in him where he's like fuck you okay oh um <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a couple of points. I think they might have been in the Northeast on this tour. And they said, like, Ah, oh, yeah, Nine Inch Nails, they're fucking awesome. <laughs> Just, I loved it. They're wicked smart. Danny Lona. Oh, that little, that Brad Pitt-looking motherfucker. Ah, fucking queers. That queer. Oh, um, how much angst? Oh, how much angst? Uh, watching this, you can experience the angst of an air conditioning magnate. Watching his great nephew parade his ass around on stage and drag your proud family name through the mud. <laughs> Did you like? Have you ever seen a Resner air conditioner? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And that's that's really like yes. Trent's great. Well, I thought it was uncle. refrigerator. It's like uh, I think they do. I mean, it's the same thing. Okay. Like a, a refrigerator is like an air conditioner plus a box. God, you never thought about that. Explaining jokes to make them not funny anymore with Claire. <laughs> um, I'm um, yeah, I like seeing Trent Reznor in his really early 
interviews because he has like a Bill and Ted body language. He's like, <laughs> yeah, it's a really good show. He's, you know, he's always just kind of like moving his head around in kind of this like insecure way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty excellent that we are able to create this sound. <laughs> Wild stallion nails. No, I'm working on it. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. But yeah, like his early days, he's he's kind of Keanu, going on. Keanu-esque. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> um, I didn't even think of an angst or an impression for this episode. It's all good. I suck. I'm the worst. I'm bringing oh, oh, this oh, whole thing oh. down. Big highlight. Um, in uh appendage. Uh, the first chunk of it, it's, uh, it shows their first ever live show in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's like baby, baby Trent. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got like his big exotic bird's hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's wearing a leather jacket. He doesn't know what look he's going for, really. It's still kind of 80s new wave flock of seagulls thing happening. Yeah. Um, and they had a reel-to-reel tape machine, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Instead of... It seemed like it was instead of like a no, because they had a keyboard. I think they were doing bow, bow, bow. Yeah, bow, probably bow. like the bass lines and Something stuff like that. It was That's, really cute. We need to do our homework and figure out how bass is played in Nine Inch Nails live, because I do not know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that either. Because we know who the guitarists are, we know who the drummers are. Sometimes we know who the keyboardists are. Yeah, but well, the bassist. I excuse me. I always know who the keyboardists are. I'm sorry. We got Rain Woman here. <laughs> she has a mind for the details. But yeah, I don't ever know the basis. Yeah, that's we gotta figure that shit out. Because we'll I think a lot of the time it, it is like pre-recorded, or they're playing it off a keyboard, um, or they just they just you know have a loop station or something. Or like bass pickups, somebody's guitar. Yeah, they might just hit an octave or pedal and then drop it down into the bass mm-hmm. realm. Like local H. But yeah, in that first 1989 performance, it's like the babyest Trent. And he's he's in Cleveland, his little you know the big city in his mind. Mm-hmm. It's it's so adorable. It's so cute. Yeah, it's precious. Oh, little baby Trent. Bam, 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 bam. And I think that's probably why they used the reel to reel machine because he didn't have someone who could jump up there and play slap bass. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Huh. I feel like. Are there any like interview clips? Um, I don't know. Let me see what I had queued up. Okay. So here's one of my favorite clips from the closer documentary. Closure documentary. Um, it's just a lot more backstage antics and destruction, and um, some some adorable quotes from Reznor, and one really odd, disgusting quote from an unnamed uh, double chin. Um, <laughs> I know they don't even yeah. zoom. But I like it when you get the look of pain on your face when you're dry humping the amp. <laughs> I like the look of pain you get on your face when you're dry humping the amp. Yeah. Then they cut to them bandaging, I think, Chris Brenna's forehead. Him taking the guitar to a keyboard. Well, this mic's been flew. Accidentally hit him on the head and cut his head open. But he kept on pointing, which I thought was pretty impressive. Yeah, that's the scene Quinn was talking about earlier. So Trent was just doing all kinds of reckless endangerment with his mic stand, using it like a like an, a lumberjack's axe. Uh, but he was not splitting wood; he was splitting ivory keys. Um, he was just crushing this this def- defenseless little keyboard. Um, but what I was wondering for some of these clips is like, are they using a real keyboard for this? Or did right? They, did they maybe have a prop keyboard that they that you know you could save a couple hundred bucks each time? Uh, but no, this keyboard was plugged in and live, and he just hammers away at it with the butt end of this mic stand. Keys are flying, and then I guess as he goes into one of his back swings, flies mm-hmm. out of his hand, and then smacks Verena in the head, and he has like a pretty gnarly gash. Yeah, he has a gash. Like, two or th- like he probably needs stitches. Yeah. But they, I think what they did is they, like for the rest of the song, he just held a towel there, kept, yeah. kept pressure. Played with one hand. Then they pulled him in back and then got a set medic to bandage him. And then they had him, like, touch his nose <laughs> and do a <laughs> oh, yeah, little, sure. like, field test to make sure, like, he wasn't about to have a concussion and die. Um, oh, that's so good. That's, that just encapsulates the balls-to-the-walls nature of this entire documentary and, and the tour that these guys yeah. created. It's a, it's a wild ride. It's a lot of fun. Would you recommend this to a friend? 
Oh, absolutely. I think we said earlier, this yeah. is required watching to required. any Nails fan. I'm going to post, there's several um, videos that make up this whole operation that Trent has been so gracious as to upload to right. Vimeo. So right. I'll yeah, post yeah. all the links and you should definitely watch it. So yeah, I think that about wraps it up for this yeah, week. I think so. So join us next week as we do Halo 13. Which is an uh, I think album. it's the day the whole world went away. Right. So one of the first, uh, I guess the first proper teaser for The Fragile. Because mm-hmm. Perfect Drug was not a real thing. No. Oh, you also see some of the filming of The Perfect Drug. Oh, in it's this fun. Enclosure, which yeah, is Perfect fun. Drug, not a great song, but a very ambitious music video. I love with it. With Trent as like a foppish Lord Dracula. Yeah. As he runs through a hedge maze and swings a cane around and, yeah, it's, I love that video, it's, and I it's love good. that song, it's and fine. I don't care what anybody says. I don't love it as, like, a trademark Nine Inch Nails song, but I love it as a thing that exists. Right. Oh, another another great clip from Closure is you get to see him working on soundtracking for um, uh-huh. Natural Born Killers. Uh-huh. He's, he's just, like, banging away on the keyboard in his hotel room saying, like, all right, so this is, like, the Mickey and Mallory theme. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's like he's, he's still... He's still hard at work on these, like, big projects as yeah. he's on the road. So, yeah, you can see Trent in, in all, of his, all of his masks. He's, like, a, he's, you know, he's a consummate professional. Then he's, like, a psychopath on stage. And then he's also, you know, being the band dad mm-hmm. some of the time. He's, like, got to make these really tough calls. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's great. You get to really know Trent and the band and um, everything that, for them, went into this. You yeah. Know? You I get to it. see them. It's like a retrospective. You see how much they've really evolved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was thinking we could do a little clip show and show you the best moments of Trent talk. Oh, uh, yeah. But I could come up with about five. <laughs> so, well, so maybe we'll hold off. There are more. Oh, yeah. I can, there are definitely more. It's a work in progress. We'll do it eventually. It'll be a thing. Oh, yeah. We still have another, like, 30 halos to get through. Yeah. So, but, yeah. So, yeah, be it's been a pleasure, Res Nerds. Yeah, and before we sign out, um, we'll cut to an ad. Oh yeah, let's do a, a quick promo for one of the many other great podcasts on the Benview Network. <laughs> hey Resnerds, want to listen to something a little less angsty? Check out this podcast from the Benview Network. I'm Jordan, and this is Nerd's Eye View. Who do I have with me? I'm Andrew. I'm Tom. And what do we do here, Andrew? Well, we talk about movies. Every week we always talk about something that's new in theaters, as well as tell you what's going on with the box office top ten and what's coming out on DVD and Blu-ray. And then we do a crazy thing called Guess the Ending, which Andrew has a wonderful catchphrase for, but it mainly involves us coming up with crazy stories for all the new movies that are coming out. So if any of that sounds good to you, find us online, nevpodcast.com, or on Twitter, at nevpodcast, or benviewnetwork.com what was i supposed to say and welcome back all right so yeah um i guess that concludes our episode mm-hmm. find us at the benviewnetwork.com slash trent talk pod mm-hmm. um hashtag us your how much angst still waiting on those guys they come in sometimes i haven't tracked in a long time though oh well, shame um, on us shame on us but Hashtag us your how much angst at Trent Talk Pod on Twitter. Follow our antics and all the weirdness that we post throughout the week mm-hmm. on Facebook.com slash Trent Talk Pod. Mm-hmm. Email us if you have any stories. Mm. Trent Talk Pod at gmail.com. Oh, and please review us on iTunes. Oh, yeah. If you rate and review us on iTunes, then people will fucking find us easier and then everybody wins. So just do it. Also, you can find us on Stitcher Radio now. And if you do review us on iTunes, we will uh, we will write you a little ditty. Yeah. We will, we'll, work, we'll work your name into a Nine Inch Nails song and, oh then, s- and, then, and then sing it a cappella for if you. If you rate and review us on iTunes, we will write you a little song. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And I guarantee you'll love it. I guarantee you'll love it. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Resnitz. We'll leave you with this uh, this little outro of, of mobs and mobs of Nine Inch Nails fans about to have their minds totally blown. Yeah. Nine Inch Nails. Oh, Mom, last call. Around here, please. Hello, over here. Very good. We're learning. We're learning here. 